We pray that this church will not only launch and set down roots, but that we will grow and flourish by helping to reach the people in our community that God has called us to. As Wayne said, the, the context looks different based on where the church is. But here in North Sarasota, uh, we're grateful for the call in our lives. And thank you all for taking this journey with us. I've seen growth in your life. We had an amazing celebration on Wednesday with Linda's baptism and getting to see the family members and neighbors that are there because of the testimony of this church. I'm telling you what, Sunday morning isn't the only time that we see God impacting lives. It's all week long. It's because of you all devoting yourself to Jesus and making followers of him. And I'm excited for where the Lord's taking us for our new sermon series. In the month of May, as Pastor Dennis said, it's about women of faith. This is important. This is near and dear to our heart. Women are under attack from our culture. There's just, I, I try to think of any, any way to sugarcoat, there's no sugarcoating it. Um, the very identity and, and personhood of women is getting erased. To ask some of these uh, uh, leading spokesmen, uh, what is a woman? And they act like they don't know the answer to that question. And, and then, I mean, we're in a feminist age and we're celebrating more equality and pay and promotions and tenure. And you would think we have arrived then. And now women really are being treated with value and dignity. In fact, it's, it's not. The reverse is happening. We're, we're celebrating uh, um, people who are not created women as women. And we're promoting their accomplishments over women who've served and, and worked hard their whole life to get those same accomplishments. And I think it's time that the church says, hey, can we go back to rediscovering God's design? for man and woman. He created us in the beginning. Man and woman for a reason. I could ask the question, how many of us, the greatest uh, physical or spiritual example in your life of someone who is there for you and cared for you and gave their life for you is a woman? How many of you would say that? The greatest influence in my life was a woman. Absolutely. And this month, I want us to go into the Word of God to see from Genesis to Revelation, what are examples from women given by God who lived a life of faith? And we're going to celebrate that, not just for Mother's Day, although we will celebrate Mother's Day. So, so come back next week where we look at a Proverbs 31 woman. But this week, I want to invite you to open with me to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 in verses 41 to 44. An incredible story of faith in a very short passage. And if you blink, you might miss it in your Bible reading through Mark. But let's not miss it this morning. Let me read clearly for you the Word of God in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, but you follow along in the version that you have in front of you. If you need a copy of Scripture, they're on the back table there for you. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had. To live on. Take note of this story. In this short 
tiny section of scripture, we see a big lesson on faith. This widow's simple act of faith and generosity gives us two big lessons from the mouth of our master himself. First of all, I hope you're encouraged by this. God measures worth by quality, not quantity. Which I know, we just celebrated 10,000 churches that the Southern Baptists, hey, praise God for that. And I know more churches have been planted from other denominations, some of which are staying faithful to the word, and praise God for that. But what we hear over and over in our church planting assessments and our trainings and our retreats, how is your walk with God? How is your heart? Do you love God with all of your heart and all that you are? Or is it just about the numbers that you put in the offering plate? Or how many Sundays you go to church and check, and check off the list? Jesus calls his disciples over. He says, you've got to see something special going on over here. And if I'm a disciple and Jesus calls me over, kind of in a hurry, because... I don't think it took her all day to give her offering, you know? So what's, did Jesus just heal somebody else? You know, is he having another showdown with the Pharisees? I'm in. Let's go. What's this? And Jesus says, look over there. Look at the giving box. You know, our giving box is right back there. Looks a little bit different from theirs. Their, their giving boxes in the temple were trumpet-shaped, and so it had a narrow, a <clears> narrow <throat> mouth at the top, and it, and it billowed out to like a, you know, the flare of a trumpet on the bottom. People would drop their offering in there. He says, look over there. There is a woman, of a poor widow, giving her offering. Okay, Jesus, I don't see what's so special about this, because I just saw this big guy, or this, uh, this big cat walk by with a huge old offering, and he dumped it all in. That was kind of a big deal, but, but what's going on with this widow? Well, Jesus says, look at what she gave. Her gift was, was two small copper coins. And, and Mark is, is passing on this gospel account to, uh, to those who are not from a, a, a Jewish background. So to explain to them, this is the equivalent of a penny. This is equivalent to 164th of a day's labor's wage. 164th. So I don't know. If you, if you were to say, hey, a day laborer makes 40000 in this area. And, uh, you know, let's just throw out a number. Then you kind of divide that up by, by, by work day. Okay, she put about... $2 in the offering box. $2. If you found that on the floor or on the ground out in this courtyard here, you might not even pick it up because you don't know where that money has been. And in the society that we're in, $2 isn't worth $100? I'm tempted. Okay, but $2. If someone dropped that by the offering box, that's no big deal. Jesus, why do you want us to see this? Go back a couple verses to verse 38. This is the context. In Jesus' teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes, religious leaders. They like to walk around in long robes, and they like greetings in the marketplaces, and they have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at the feasts, but they devour widows' houses, and they make long prayers out of Pretense. They're pretentious. They're trying to get attention with their prayer game. They're not actually talking to God. You know what they're going to receive? Condemnation. Because there's no life in that heart. It's hypocrisy. These are the religious leaders. 
scribes. They're copying the word of God by hand. They know the law by heart. But there's nothing going on in here of affection towards God. It's all pride. It's all a show. Meanwhile, look over at this poor widow. There's no show. No fancy robes. No nice seat in the synagogue. She doesn't have a doctorate. She has two small coins. But you know what? She's giving from the heart. She's giving because she loves God. He says she gave more. I'm not impressed by the people who are dumping, you know, a full truck bed load of coins into the trumpets because they just want to be seen by people. And they take advantage of widows. But this lady took advantage of no one. She gave. In fact, the adjective there, the word more, could also be translated mighty. She gave a mighty gift. It's not what you typically think of with a coin, do you? <clears throat> or a penny or, or two dollars in our context today. But here's the thing about this lady. She didn't hold anything back from God. This was not her fallback. This, was, this wasn't the coin she found in her couch. This was all she had. She gave it willingly to God with no fanfare, no trumpets, and no certainty of where the next meal was going to come from, most likely. At least it wasn't going to come from her piggy bank and her wallet. This is a lesson for us to see. God cares more about the condition of our heart than all of the stuff, than all of the things that we do. Whether it's to please others, whether it's to satisfy our own selves, because we think we're religious people, God cares that we love him and we give sincerely. And if you don't give, that you're giving in other ways in your love relationship to God and others. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have because God loves a cheerful heart. Not all of us can give big sacrificial gifts. Not all of us can give of our physical strength and our energy. Some of us have, have more intellect than others. Some of us have more athletic ability than others. Maybe you, uh, you, you have a, a journey of success. And you have a platform and people know your name. Wonderful. But if you don't have that, what that verse just said is give what you have. What has God given you? If you stop and think about what God has given you, I mean, you're going to find a whole lot of reasons to give thanks and to give back to God from a cheerful heart. But it has to be your gift. You don't need a pastor up here guilting you to give. You don't need a televangelist on TV saying, hey, call this number, give $1,100, and you will be blessed. That's garbage. Don't fall for it, right? Do not fall for that. There's no guilt here. Jesus is celebrating because it's come, coming from a willing heart, a willing place, a happy giver, authentic faith. And when the world says success is Climbing the corporate ladder and becoming a CEO and getting a good paycheck and a good house. And in some ways, I appreciate what they're doing when they say, hey, look at this woman. 
you know, she's, you know, she's in Shark Tank where she built her business from scratch or, or she got this degree. She's just as good as any man. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. We, we shouldn't devalue women. But what's even better than that is to say that woman has value if her business fails or succeeds because God made her and she's precious in his sight. And if she knows how much God loves her and the value in her life, there can only be love. There can only be a cheerful heart because Jesus is Lord over all and the father has control over all things. And the Spirit is the power of God, and yet, God is a cheerful giver himself. Out of all the power and prestige, here's what God did. Romans 8, 32. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. His one and only son. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. His precious son. This isn't like, oh, you know, God has a bunch of sons, and let's, uh, let's send the runt down there. I don't care. You know, go, go save these people. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God gave of himself and his precious son to die in my place, to pay for my sins. And he shed all of his blood, gave up his life, lived it to the very end, and gave it for us. So I think we have to ask ourselves, am I really as righteous and religious and, and good and nice as I think that I am when I compare myself to the worth of Jesus? And the answer is, I'm nowhere close. I fall short of his glory. But that's why the cross and the empty tomb hold so much promise for us. It's a free gift of God. Anyone who receives that gift by faith are made right with God. He's our Father. He's meeting our needs. He's a, a cheerful provider. He's not a grudging giver. He's a Father that knows what we need. And if you know that and believe it and you trust Him and you're walking by faith, I don't want to give Him my leftovers. I want to give Him my best. Not just talking our money, but our time. And our talents and our treasure. I don't live for myself anymore. God bought me. And he deserves all of me. So what gathers your awe and appreciation? Hopefully Jesus, right? That's where the message is going. But if you look at the world, their awe and appreciation goes towards the winner of the NBA Finals. Right? I mentioned Shark Tank. I love that show. It's so fascinating, you know? Oh, you built your business from nothing to $8 million in revenue a year. Whoa, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's a, that's a great story, especially when you see some of these business ideas. Like, how'd you make $8 million a year off that? I don't know. But look at what Jesus did. And it's not about possessions. It's about his heart for you and me. And this lady gave out of a cheerful heart and why do we know that? Just by watching her example. Don't you love that? This woman of faith, just living her ordinary life, she didn't try to get Jesus' attention. She wasn't preaching a sermon in front of everyone. She just did what she felt in her heart was right in her relationship with God. And God saw that. And he blessed her. I don't know what happens the rest of the story. 
I don't know her name, what street she lived on, where her next meal came from, but you just know Jesus took care of it, don't you? Whether directly him and his disciples served her, we're not told that part of the story, or some supernatural intervention, or a, a, a loving family took care of her. We don't know, but we know that God is good. He has a loving heart. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality of our relationship with him. So this morning, whatever your gifting is, whatever your abilities or, or inabilities or disability, guess what? Give what you have to God with a cheerful heart, and he will use it. He will use you. He will bless you. He will give you a place in his kingdom because it's all based on love. Now, Living Hope Church exists because we believe that when we fully devote ourselves to Jesus, that's the fullness of life. That's the abundant life that Jesus promised. Now, yes, we want to see this place full of people in our next location, full of people. We want to see quantity. We want to see churches planted. We want to see pastors raised up and sent out. We want to see deacons commissioned. We want to see small groups launched. How does that start? Today. With your walk with Jesus, is it a walk of quality or is it a walk of quantity? Well, I, I put in my hour at church. Well, I, I, I gave some money. Is your heart with him? And if so, you could be a mom cleaning up Cheerios off the floor. Grandma cleaning Cheerios off the floor. It's dirty, annoying, tiring work. You're changing diapers over and over. You're helping kids with homework. Uh, you've got a house to clean. That's just annoying stuff, right? What about folding laundry? Surely folding laundry, there's nothing redeeming out of that. It's literally my least favorite chore. If I could, I would just leave all my clothes in a clump in my drawer. It'd be wrinkled, but I wouldn't have to fold it. And I'm okay with that. That's just, I'm being honest. That's where I'm at. All of those activities are offerings to the Lord if we view them that way. If it's just a chore, there's no redeeming value in that. But if I'm giving my time and I'm giving my service to serve my family and to honor the Lord, God sees that and he rewards. Don't you want to see God do something awesome in your life, in your family? Then have a life of quality, quality relationship with the Lord. And be on the lookout for sincere faith in others and encourage that. Because North Sarasota needs more of those examples. Here's the second thing that Jesus points out. Yeah, she gave more than all of those who are pompous and arrogant, but she also shows us that trusting God is a risk worth taking. He says, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, she put in everything she had. She had all she had to live on was in those two coins and she gave it. That's crazy. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but have you ever given that much to the Lord? You drained your bank account. I don't care. I want to give it to the Lord. I, I, he'll take care of me. That is a walk of faith that I, I can't even imagine. Especially once you have a wife and you have kids. Now I've got other people depending on me. It takes more faith to trust the Lord with that. And I'm not saying he's calling you to do that. Jesus doesn't say, hey, do exactly what she did. He says, look at her faith. We should have the same kind of faith because many people give gifts to the lord what makes her different well let's talk about the wealthy for an, for an instance the wealthy give and they give 
But sometimes it's tempting for churches to be like, hey, we want more wealthy people in our church because they give a lot, right? Give them nicer things. Maybe we can build a building and we don't have to keep moving around. We're in Sarasota. It'd be nice to get some wealthy people. Hey, I love the wealthy, just like anybody else. Sure. You want to make Living Hope Church your, your home? That's great. But we shouldn't value them for their dollars. We should value them for their souls and vice versa. I just looked up Oprah Winfrey because she's this lady that is known for her philanthropy, right? You get a car and you get a car and you get, I mean, she just, she gives stuff away. She's got charities and organizations. She's got so much money. I mean, she throws it at people. She has a net worth estimated at $4 billion. So I mean, just a little bit more than some of us, right? $4 billion. And you know what she has given? 72 million dollars to charity. Has anyone in here given 72 million dollars? No, I certainly haven't. <coughs> Goodness gracious. That's a lot. I mean, that's like a GDP of a country almost. You know, a small country in Africa. But here's the thing. If you run the percentage, I'm not knocking her, but the reality is that's less than 2% of Oprah's net worth in her life that she's given to charity. $72 million is a lot. I'm not knocking it, but she has a fallback. <clears throat> this widow had no fallback. The Lord was her fallback. Is he really worth that risk? Is your faith really that big? I mean, are you sure God's going to come through? And let's be real. A widow in that context is a whole lot different than a widow in our context today. Because the estate was wrapped up in the husband's name. It was expected for the wives, if you're at home, you know, you work with your hands around home, but you don't go off and you don't have the exact same job and income as your husband. You come under his, his household, his, uh, his income. And when your husband is gone, you rely now on family. She doesn't own that property. Look at the story of Ruth and Naomi. Naomi comes back. She lost her husband and her two sons. Why is that a big deal? Because now she has nothing. She's got nothing. She doesn't come back and say, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, this is my house. I'm going to set it up. I'm going to get the business going again. No. She's begging, and, and she sends Ruth out into the field to gather wheat with the, with the beggars because it's not mine. Someone else can redeem that and buy that property. I cannot. So this widow has no fallback. She has no estate. She has no husband and no income. Let's say she's your friend and she comes to you and says, I'm thinking about giving the only two cents I have to the Lord. What's your advice to her? I'm not sure I would advise her to give that to the church. Do I trust that the Lord is good for all of it? Tomorrow and a year from now, 10 years from now and eternity. And I think that rubs against our American Christianity because we, we like the terminology, hey, I accept Jesus into my heart. I accept Jesus into my life. And he kind of helps me out living the life I'm already living. And this widow says, no, when you accept the Lord, you have a relationship with him. He's sovereign over everything, even my finances, even my future. It all belongs to him. It doesn't even belong to me. And he's good for it. I can trust him. And Jesus says, 
pay close attention, disciples. This is the kind of faith that pleases me. Because she's showing that she's ready for God to meet her needs. You know he's going to. He absolutely is going to. Pastor Dennis read Hebrews 11. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Is there any part of your faith journey right now where you are walking by faith? It might not be in the area of finances. Maybe by God's grace, that is, hey, you're, you're giving to the Lord. You're trusting the Lord with that. You're not stressed about money. You're, you know, your needs are taken care of. You're helping others in need. You know, maybe for you, it's, you know, you don't trust people. And, and people are a waste of your time. And so to pour into people or to talk to people or build relationships with people or tell them the good news about Jesus, that's risky. I could get hurt again. But because of God's love, we're compelled to take that risk. And when we do, and when we walk by faith, God is pleased. We're told in Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Deuteronomy 6, Matthew 22, love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Not one foot in the boat and one foot on dock. It's not faith. Faith is placing our entire rest on Jesus. So not once I get to this financial spot, then I'll trust God. Or once I get my home in order, uh, once, I, once I get married, or as, as one, one young man told Jesus in the New Testament, uh, as soon as I bury my father, I'll come and follow you, Jesus. Well, Jesus, surely you could let the guy bury his father and, and go to the funeral. Well, in that context, what he's actually saying is, let me perform the duties of the oldest son, and then I will get my inheritance once the, the funeral has been covered and all of that. He's, he's not saying, you know, my dad just died. His dad has been dead a while, but he hasn't collected the estate yet. Once I get my estate in order, God, I can trust you. It's not faith. You're waiting for your circumstances to shift, and then you'll look up. Jesus says, look up, and your circumstances will fall into place. Seek first kingdom of God. Trust God with all your heart. Of course, the call to be a disciple is a sacrifice. We have to pick up our cross, follow Jesus. We have to lose the world and lose my sinful, selfish way of living. Every time I read the Bible, I'm told to sacrifice something. Give up my pride. Give up my plans. Even give my children give my children to the Lord every day. They don't really belong to me. They belong to the Lord. Yes. We give up everything as a follower of Jesus. But what does he reward us with? His presence. His fulfillment. His love. His joy. His peace. And that's just today. Look forward to the future. You can close your eyes and you can imagine heaven as described in Revelation where the streets are paved with gold and the gates are all fashioned out of one pearl and the city is shining like a gem, all these precious jewels and gems because God is the wealthiest. He has all the wealth. Anything we have is from him and he has so much more than we'll ever imagine. He says, I'm preparing a place for you. You're my disciple." Can you imagine how beautiful that place is? And to see Jesus greeting us at the gates with his nail-scarred hands. And you see him, 
and you see the beautiful place he has prepared for us, tell me you're going to look back on your life and say, I wish I would have saved more. I wish I would have been more selfish with my time and my talents. Dwight Moody said, if I had 10,000 lives, Jesus Christ should have every one of them. He is worthy. Worthy of it all. And when this widow gave, she showed a whole lot more than what the numbers on the Excel sheet would tell us. So this week, I'll close in our application here. I want you to take an audit of all that God has given you. I want you to look at your financial situation. I want you to look at your family situation. I want you to look at your house, cars, bicycles, pets, you know, possessions, and then look back on your life and look at all the times in your life you went through hardship or not. Somehow, some way, you made it through. God saw you through. And then after you have done that analysis, that audit of your life, spend some time in prayer thanking God. Because when we remember what he's done for us and what he's given us, when I'm asked to give or sacrifice that next bit, it's really not that hard to give. Because look what, what all he's done to this point. I want to see you grow in your faith. Even more importantly, I want to see myself grow in my faith, in qualitative steps. So as we bow our heads and we close our eyes, I would direct us to think about what Jesus has to say to us here. It's by an example of a lady, an act of faith, that shows us God is so much more concerned with the quality of our relationship and how much money is in your wallet. And God cares that we're trusting him above all. Even though it's a risk. It's a risk that's worth it in the end. And friends, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't have a personal relationship with God as I'm describing to you from the Bible, then can I tell you, you are the biggest risk taker in this room. Because you're gambling your eternity and your soul on your own good deeds. And I got to tell you, it's not going to stand on the judgment day. Today is the day you can receive the riches of God's grace. Repent of your sin and receive him as Savior. We just had a lady in our church share her testimony publicly with baptism. And tell others, this is what God did in my heart. Has he done that in your heart? Have you entered into a relationship with Jesus? And if you have... This week is an opportunity to remember and rejoice and to give because God loves a cheerful giver. Let me pray for you and your families as you seek to live out this truth by faith. Heavenly Father, God, this is your word. All I can do is present it and share it, God. And I know I could have done so much better today. So Spirit... You have to move beyond what my physical words and actions and my inflection and my voice can do. This is the word of God. May we feel the weight of its truth burning within our hearts. God, we are stingy people. We are people who like to depend on things 
and, and the things of this world to get us through rather than you. And God, I want to stand up here with the one with the microphone and say, I repent of that. Lord, I pray that we as a body repent of that, trying to be our own strength. And Lord, I thank you for the example of this widow. You preserved her memory in the pages of scripture to teach us a lesson. I can't wait to meet her one day. But right now, God, I need your help to live this faith. It is beyond me. I don't have that kind of strength to just whip it together. Spirit, move me to trust you, to give more, to sacrifice my time, my talents, my treasure, to give everything so I can love you with my whole heart. Nothing's holding me back. And if there's any hypocrites in our church, like those religious leaders, God, if it's me, convict me of that, that nothing in my life would be a sham, but would be authentic and real, because that's the faith that pleases you. Jesus, would you get all the glory from this worship today? You're the one that paid it all. And to you, we owe it all back. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.